0: Welcome back to the Spook Easy Podcast. I'm Nia, and I'm here with my co-host, Austin. Good evening. (laughs) Um, So today we are doing part two of the Stainer story. Woo-woo. Woo-woo. Yeah, this part...
1: Woo-woo feels
0: weird. It is is weird. Um, Woo-woo feels weird. Woo-woo for part two... Because right. we're back.
1: For our first true crime. Exactly. It feels weird to be celebratory. Uh,
0: don't celebrate the crime, just celebrate <sighs> the podcast growing as a whole. Woo woo. Woo woo. <laughs> so, um, yeah, to, today we have the second part um, the actual like murder part. Um, but before we get into that, for those of you 21 and up, Austin has a recipe. For y'all, what you got for them today?
1: This one, this one took some digging. I had to do some deep diving, if you will. Yeah. Some real research. We're going hard in the paint in this one.
0: Oh wow. So honored. It's not really. It's all. It's all Wikipedia. Anyway.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The fun thing about. Okay, so I guess I should. We we are doing a a. Mm, Corpse Survivor number three, even though that's a looser name for it, probably more commonly known as the Savoy Corpse Survivor. Um, like Sugoy? Savoy,
0: like I know. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> Sugoi. <Su-boy.
1: laughs> anyway. Um, yeah, this one was a little harder to find. It's uh. Core Survivor family was a loose basis for a family that existed for a handful of cocktails okay. long, 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 long ago. And by long ago, I mean anytime before the 20s. Um, I think it was before the 20s. Uh, yeah, somewhere around the 20s. Um, anyway, they. Looking up a Course Survivor number three today will mostly get you house variations of a 2. Be it various bars, liquor companies, yada, yada, yada. They all have one. Uh, You'll sometimes find a 2A which is really just a slight variation on the number 2 and it is usually not commonly referred to as a 3. 3 has been given to the cocktail that was made in the Savoy bar. Three belongs to uh, a new variation that came out about two decades after the Savoy cocktail book. The Savoy London cocktail book came out. Uh, It was created in their American bar and is given to Johnny Johnson around circa 1948. is who uh, they list as the Coin, the man that made it's weird with drinks it's not necessarily the man that made it but maybe the man that made it famous
0: okay right
1: it's its not always the guy that makes the drink isn't always the guy that gets the
0: so he didn't make it he just glory. marketed it really well who knows well.
1: I mean he could have and then also other people uh, will say it was invented in 54 by Joe Gilmore who was also an employee at the Savoy. But basically, so regardless of who actually made it, it did gain its fame in the American Savoy bar. We're doing the Savoy Corpse Survivor, also known as the number three, sometimes known as the number four, sometimes known as... Fuck you, it doesn't matter anymore. Once like you number make it,
0: four. Once
1: you make it past two, the rules become very loose. <laughs> like the, this, is, this will be the last Corpse Survivor we do because after this, it's really just personal recipes a bunch of arguing and bickering and it it it, it loses. No, it, there's one and two. Mm, okay. One two and a whole bunch of other things that call themselves corporate. Right, right. Um, imposters. But I did like this one. It feels odd. It, again, it's a, it's a brandy forward. But and it's not necessarily a balance of flavors that I enjoy. Okay. But I could see how it would be intriguing as a morning hangover smack you in the face wake you up Mm -hmm. so it is a three-parter we're doing three equal parts in here we are gonna have uh our ingredients being one part brandy not picky on it (laughs)
0: all right
1: (laughs) Just, just brandy um the next two ones are the ones that are more Important for what it's trying to achieve, and that is one part for net Branca and one part white crema de menthe. So you have your Anise and you have your so minty black licorice yeah, in just... the morning with a fruity brandy. All right, it sounds rough, but my interest has been peaked. And my fancies may be tickled. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're going to serve this one straight up. No ice. Uh, you can grab your shaker, strainer, glass. And that's really all you need for this bad boy. you uh, It's a parts cocktail, so that's... The important part is that they are equal in the beginning. Um, make the drink as big as you want just use all the same measurements Mm -hmm. across the board. You can make it a 3-ouncer. You can make it a fucking 16-ouncer. It doesn't matter to me. (laughs) It might matter to your family. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Um, You might end up coming home and everyone's sitting in a circle. But, you know, do you. Live your life, bro. (laughs) And Nah, bro. Bro, bro is ambiguous enough for me. It covers all flavors. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so one part brandy, one part Fernet Bronco, one part uh, white creme de menthe. You don't want that green shit. You don't want that clear shit, not the green shit. We don't want green 45 in here. Actually, I think it's like green 7. I don't remember what the color is. Anyway. Uh, Yeah, just throw that in your shake strainer. Throw your ice in there. Give that boy a shake. Uh A one, uh a two, uh a three. Crunch. Crunch. (laughs) And then, uh, you know... It is neat. So we do double string So we don't add ice chips. important part of really taking your shit seriously is your balance. Uh, and those little ice chips will actually uh, change the entire entire profile. And it's, it's, it's insane. You don't think about it, but it does water you down as you go along. Right. And But there you have it. A Corpse Reviver 3, 4, Savoy Corpse Reviver. I I don't give a fuck what you call it. Um, (laughs) It's not particularly a standardized cocktail, and I do not know if you will honestly find it in any uh, cocktail books. I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I don't know about if this one will coin the term the three. Okay. But...
0: Because it's just the Wild West out there it's just
1: after little, two. After two, it just, it's no man's land. <laughs> just,
0: just make
1: a drink. It's for the morning. Right. they <laughs> their hangover drinks, people probably barely remember what they put in it the last time. That's
0: probably very true.
1: It's usually probably a handbag of what was left over. <laughs> Basically yeah. just Jersey turnpiking yourself. I did it to somebody on accident. With, well the person asked for it mm-hmm. but I didn't know what their intentions were I thought they were gonna give it to somebody as a birthday shot like you know what I mean a fuck you to their friend
0: no then they just straight up took it themselves no they
1: just started passing it around
0: oh and
1: I, I was just I was appalled <laughs> honestly but it was just one of those things where it was too late yeah there's no take backs right
0: right <laughs> it's,
1: it's out there now mm-hmm. I don't know what his reasoning behind it was I don't know what The thought process was, I don't, he asked for a turnpike. And so I gave him the turnpike and he just started passing it along and I was like, oh no.
0: (laughs) 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 So, back to it.
1: Back into it.
0: Yeah. So we're going to talk about Carrie. Carrie Underwood. No, Carrie Stainer. Heard. So we talked a little bit about him last week. Um, this is about Stephen's older brother, Carey. Um, from reports, uh, he the, the the abduction was a lot for everybody, a lot for his parents, a lot for his sisters. But in that particular, in this <coughs> particular story, we're talking about Carrie and how the abduction didn't necessarily influence his decisions, but it didn't help. <laughs> it definitely didn't help him be a different person than who he wound up being. Um, so, as we talked about last week, he is the older, the eldest brother um, of Dilbert and Kay Stainer. He's <laughs> Dilbert. Dilbert. Um, Dilbert. Yeah. He is uh, Steven's older older brother. He's ever you know he's the eldest child. So, um, Carrie was a creative kid people would say that you know he would want to be a cartoonist or a graphic designer when he grew up he really liked nature he liked drawing does like (laughs) murder i mean not at least from the accounts that i read (laughs) (laughs) he didn't necessarily like he was just a
1: normal dude whose brother got abducted Yes. So just like normal levels of trauma.
0: Right, exactly. So, you know, everybody, everybody's got a shade of trauma.
1: What's your flavor?
0: What's your, your, what color is your trauma? Anyway, so... (laughs) As we talked about last week, um...
1: Mine's spicy.
0: (laughs) As we talked about last week, um, things were relatively normal within the family up until... Uh, Stephen's abduction by Kenneth Burnell. Um, during oh, that guy, yeah, seriously. Um, he during that time, though, while things were going on with Stephen and he wasn't there, the absence of Stephen, Carrie um, talks about like how he felt the family dynamic obviously changed within the household, but then he also felt like he was being neglected and how. His parents were. I mean, obviously, your 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 kid went missing. Your kid's gone for seven years. Yeah, there's probably
1: some like big depression. Yeah, and it's not like your kid just like passed from like a illness, which right. I'm sure is like fucking traumatic. Right. But, like, yeah.
0: But there's some type of closure there.
1: Right. Exactly. There's like, some type of closure. They there. never even found a body.
0: Exactly. So. Exactly. So it's just like a whole bunch of I don't know. And like I feel after seven years, I mean, I don't know how anybody's what parent would result? normally like in your mind would you still say, No, my kid is still out there, <laughs> or would you just, you know, come to terms with it's been seven years.
1: And I feel like that's a to each their they were own seven, yeah. Type thing. Yeah. You know.
0: But um so then in nineteen eighty, when Steven returned, everybody was excited. Everybody was amazed that he came back, you know, one piece. Like he was fine. It's I mean, the
1: name of the physically, treasure.
0: I guess, on the outside, he was fine. Um, he had his own psychological demons to to work through, but I mean, he wasn't dead. He came. He came back. You know, he was a hero. He brought. He saved a little boy, and then he was able to, you know, point out his abductor, regardless of what happened within our judicial system, but whatever. So he was able to aid the case to get Kenneth off the streets, even for a little bit quicker than I feel like anybody would be able to with the police just acting on their own. Um, So once Stephen came back, um, Carrie started to feel a little bit like he was being pushed to the side um, because there was all this media attention around Stephen. You know, everybody was talking about the case within the town, and I believe it was national news. There was, <clears throat> there was a, a a book, a true crime book, and a movie titled "I Know My Name Is Stephen," um, that was made about the entire thing. And uh, with all this attention, Carrie even says like we never really got along. Uh, well, after he came back talking about Steven and all of a sudden Steve was getting all these gifts, getting all these clothes, getting all the attention. I guess I was just jealous. I'm sure I was. I got put on the back burner, as you might say. And then um, when Steven came home, Carrie was kind of put... um put on the back shelf or, you know, on the back burner, he was always in the background. So there was even a time where um, they had someone over for dinner, a friend over for dinner, and um, Stephen had to go up to his mom because his mom, Kay, was plating the food for everybody and setting places for everybody. And Stephen had to go up to her and said, say, hey, you're missing a place for somebody. And she was like, what do you mean I'm missing a place, you know, like, huh? And Stephen's like, well, yeah, you're, you're missing one for, for Carrie. You completely forgot about him.
1: In her defense, she's used to counting. And Stephen wasn't there for a hot minute. So yeah. when they had a guest, to add one would just be the normal rotation. Right, the normal number.
0: Were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is so hot. messed up. It's that's so messed up. I feel like, in that sense, I feel bad for Carrie.
1: It is fair to note that Carrie is an adult at this point 18, 17.
0: When he came back, when Steven came back, yeah, yeah, he was definitely an adult.
1: So, like, by the time this happened, Carrie was an adult. Yeah. So, like, I do understand, but at the same time, like, you're not a baby anymore.
0: No, exactly. You're not a baby. But I would, like, I would still feel some type of way if I came over to my parents' house and they had a guest and then they forgot (sighs) about me. Which, like, I'm fine with getting my own stuff, but you're already setting the table and then you're just, like...
1: And I feel like for me, like, that, that, because, like, I guess, like growing up that's always how it was very much just go get, get yourself yeah like, like get your yeah. stuff so to me i'm like it's not that deep but like i guess when like your whole life you yeah. know what i mean like it, it's dinner been set for you right you just 70s housewife right. vibes yeah okay i guess i guess it probably stings
0: but also a like bit
1: more especially you've been I've, I've been here the whole time
0: you, but you know it also would pretty be pretty messed up? Is he sees her setting the table and, like, cool, 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 and goes to sit down. And she's like, What? What what do you? No, that's our guest seat. <laughs>
1: yeah, what do you do? <laughs> Who are you?
0: Like, Oh, I forgot. Let me get you a plate.
1: That would be the worst part. <laughs> it's like, He come, already goes and sits he down. Comes down. Yeah. And then she's like, oh like like she visibly like visibly recognizes Uh that she forgot you instead of like just playing it off like oh I'm getting yours ready Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. she's like oh you're right (laughs) like ouch
0: oh let's go get another chair Uh, oh yeah we need another chair you're sitting
1: sitting at the fold out chair (laughs) at
0: the dinner (laughs) table you're sitting at the kids table they had to go get a
1: tell me you forgot about me without telling you forgot about me yeah it's just that one chair brought in from the garage it's dusty. It's, it's got cobwebs dusty. on it. Like they, your plate's different. Yeah. You know, <laughs> <laughs> this set
0: only comes in how many? What was it? Five? Seven? You got. Of them, someone <laughs> like comes in a set of seven for some reason. You
1: got the McDonald's <laughs> collector plate. Like got the
0: plates with the ears on them.
1: <laughs> everyone else has got like fine china. You got like you got a the pal. Disney cup and a Zoom Yeah. <laughs> you get you get a soda can <laughs>
0: <laughs> Yeah so <laughs> in that respect I feel for him cuz that's that's pretty messed up
1: but also fuck this guy
0: I mean yeah as as life goes on I mean and as you you know we find more out about him but in that respect I'm like oh dang um so with the media and all the attention that Steven rec- was receiving this had an effect on Carrie. Um, he was already dealing with um, OCD and I believe some like maybe anxiety issues. Um, <laughs> okay. Mental health is valid. All right? It is valid. It is but very he's just valid. Bitch. I mean, anyway, so <laughs> he was already dealing with impulse control and. Um, subcoming to his urges I guess um it's noted that he really enjoyed nature and he would try to find refuge and and you know I guess go on hikes with people and I should just go stay to in the woods. N- nature preserves hmm
1: should just stayed in the woods
0: I don't know if that would have been better you're right kazoos practically anyway we'll get to that so oh, we um,
1: gotta do a story on like the people that live in the national parks yes
0: we do yeah and
1: just eat people and shit
0: but carrie also carrie <laughs> <laughs> also really enjoyed nudity so one of his favorite hobbies that's reported is that he liked to draw naked women and people would say that he you know, he's this great artist and he's such a draftsman and blah blah blah. But he could never talk like actually interact with women because he was very shy. So instead he
1: would just draw them. He would just Where do you get your models? I guess like porn magazines because like the internet I mean, doesn't exist.
0: The internet but they're still TV. And probably just people in his in his surroundings. Like his school. The male lady. <laughs> Was it, were milk people? But
1: I'm like, how do you know <laughs> milk people?
0: I didn't want to say milk man because I, I was mean, like, I don't know if women were. not trying were to get
1: canceled for saying white people.
0: Uh, no, I didn't know. If, milk
1: people. If, That's racist.
0: M- <laughs> I didn't know if milk women was a thing back I don't know. <sighs> I was born way after this. I have no idea what happened in those times.
1: I'm fucking weak. <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: People love the milk persuasion.
0: Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so Harry was extremely shy, which then led to him becoming a much of a like a loner he didn't really hang out with a lot of people um kind of stayed to himself because he didn't know how to really interact with anybody i mean
1: betcha he wore a bunch of black in
0: 1970
1: OG. 6 OG. 1976 to
0: 1980 og emo
1: kid right no yes when did emo kids start
0: I feel like it was probably, like, after the 80s, because you had the 80s goths, and I feel like it probably derived after that. So, like, 90s?
1: So was there like, goths in the 70s? Or but, like, you had... Shit?
0: I think it was hippie shit. Well,
1: I know it was that there was, but, yeah. like, fringe group of, like...
0: I don't know. I don't really think I remember seeing, in all of my contexts of the 70s, like, people dressing in all black. There was a lot of brown...
1: Very boring fucking tan cream a very and then beige like, palette, and, like all bright oranges flowers. and flowers, bright popping colors. Yeah,
0: that was pretty much it. That I can think in in my reference, my library of of references from the seventies.
1: Emo, emo kids back then just wore all drab brown.
0: <laughs> emo kids back then just.
1: Lived in the ground. I don't know. I don't know. We just covered in dirt. Anyway, they wrote poetry.
0: They probably did. They probably had the frilly shirts. No, that was the eighties too, though.
1: Wonder if there was like just one dude who wore like black robes in like Grecian times.
0: So, uh, what was? Yeah, we what doing? the
1: fuck were we even talking about?
0: I don't emo you know, kids. <laughs> Um, So Grecians so because he was really shy he was a loner but this him I guess being alone kind of started to affect him as well and he because of his fascination or infatuation with naked women and his inability to (sighs) converse with the opposite sex I guess this just turned into him Exposing himself to everybody? I don't I don't know. I don't know if it was like some type of thing he was trying to play out or
1: wait, so like he just started flashing people? Mm-hmm. Maybe it's like if I show it to enough people, maybe one
0: maybe of them some, will touch it. Right. I feel like that was probably the thought process. <laughs> yeah. Because there were two separate occasions where this happened. So, um there was one time, and this I believe was just no the second the the second one I don't have an actual name for who whose friend it was of the sisters but um, it, and during one occasion one of Cindy's friends was saying that um, he they were outside or something and he just walked outside and exposed themse- himself to them. Um, yeah.
1: Yeah. This is why he had no friends, because like, this made it to this back to school, I'm assuming.
0: Probably. Probably a
1: fucking... Oh, dude, this guy. We don't fuck with this guy. He just, just fucking stay away shows from his him. little sister and her friend is dick.
0: Yeah. And then there was another instance where um, one of the sister's friends was staying over that... Uh, you know, they were having a sleepover. And at that time, his sister and her friend were 14 and Carrie was 16. Well, they were probably in their room and then um, went to sleep. Carrie goes underneath the friend's bed and starts to try to, like, fondle her. And so then the girls wake up. They, they, yeah. So I'm assuming it was probably like a cot or something. That's what I can, that's what I'm assuming, which is so creepy (laughs) it's creepy either way, but it's just like, you got to scoot yourself underneath there. Ew. So, um, yeah. So then the girls, you know, realize it and ask him to leave, but then he comes back later, you know, a few minutes later and then, you know, exposes himself to, to them. And they told him that, you know, if you don't leave, we're going to wake up the parents. And so he has a history of, just being gross just not knowing how to control his emotions not and not understanding boundaries as well because that is such a boundary that you cross that's yeah, a big that's boundary a, that's
1: a big gross no no zone yeah like in
0: 1990 in december of 1990 carrie and steven's uncle jesse jerry St- stainer was murder- jesse jerry jesse quote unquote
1: jerry that was his nickname oh it's a
0: weird nickname i don't know how you got there i don't know i I don't know
1: okay
0: i don't know i have no idea i
1: i mm. he's like that's a girl's name
0: i know but it's not spelled like a girl it's spelled like
1: a dude i don't know bro
0: but anyway so um their uncle was murdered in his home he was shot but the case remains unsolved so like Nobody knows what happened to Jesse. When was he shot? In 1990. Oh, okay. And nobody knows what happens. It's, like, to this day, like, nobody knows what happened. The case went cold. have no idea. But it, like, speculated that Carrie might have had something to do with it. Maybe. I mean, they didn't have enough evidence to really even try to pursue that any further. But Carrie was living with him at the time. I mean, from his previous like impulse controls and maybe he had and his sorry his impulse controls the problems that he was having with his family or whatever i mean it makes sense that something might have happened an argument might have happened or whatever and maybe he lost control and succumbed to an impulse control i mean he got
1: what it was 1990s so he's like a grown-ass adult by that time mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah, he would have been 28.
1: Yeah, maybe he was doing some fuck shit. And his uncle's like, yo, not allowed to do fuck shit.
0: I don't know. I don't know. But it's just weird that that, it never got solved. It never got solved, and it it, it it seems like from what I was reading that there wasn't, like... Like it wasn't like a robbery. It wasn't like a robbery. It was, like... There, They didn't have any suspects necessarily or any motive or anything. It was just like, you know, somebody found him. He was shot to death. And it's just like, "Ah, okay, well, that happened. Had he murdered people by 90? Carrie? Yeah. Not that, not by 1990 that I found. So
1: maybe that was a...
0: And we'll get into it. We'll get into it, because I have some speculations about things. But Carrie also, uh, during that time that Stephen was kidnapped, said or claimed that his uncle also, like, abused him.
1: So there's levels to this, layers to this. There's
0: layers to it. And then in 1991, because of all the things that were going on, he allegedly tried to attempt suicide in 1991. So this was a year after his uncle was murdered by trying to gas himself with carbon monoxide. And then he was arrested for possession of meth and marijuana in that same year. He had a lot going on. So the boy was... He had a lot going on. The
1: boy was zooming.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The
1: boy was zooming.
0: Yeah. So like I said, we'll come come back to this uh, uncle case thing.
1: Uncle Jesse Jerry.
0: Mhm. But now let's get into what he's—I don't want to say infamous for because it's a murder. But why they call him the Yosemite Killer? So in 1997, he's got like
1: a brand and everything.
0: Mhm. In 1997, he was hired as a handyman for the Cedar Lodge Motel in El Portal, California nest this is, um, right outside of the Highway 140, um, to the national, the Yosemite National Park.
1: Ah, uh, yes, I know a lot about California.
0: Yes, me, me as well. I uh,
1: frequent California.
0: I helped build a road, so. Oh. <laughs> oh, my. Yeah, you know. <laughs>
1: okay. So you know right where that's at.
0: <laughs> so, um, he livered, he livered. <laughs>
1: He might have. <laughs> did he onion too? I don't
0: know. He lived in. There was an apartment <laughs> at the lodge. There was an apartment at the lodge where he lived, and from all the employees, they they, they liked him. He was very well liked growing up.
1: Serial killers always like
0: You know? He was very well liked. That's um, why
1: I'm proud of the fact that I had no friends. <laughs> <I'm>
0: kidding. This <laughs> is like you dimly did. <laughs> the lie. You have some of them li- listening right now. Don't be rude. <laughs> <laughs> Love
1: you guys.
0: Um, so he was a handyman. He was doing work ranging from cleaning and fixing electrical problems and mechanical problems. He was kind of just like the entire motel's handyman. Dude. Ring, ring, oh, ring. guy. Ring so him when up. You,
1: when you know a guy, the guy was Carrie.
0: Mm-hmm. Toilet broken? Call Carrie. Call Carrie. Lights out? Call Carrie
1: need a murder, call care.
0: I mean, hey. hey. So then it was on Valentine's Day weekend in 1999 that three, I'm not going to call them women because they're, all the reports want to call them women.
1: 99? Mm-hmm. Oh, seven. You were six because you are younger than yeah. me. Yeah.
0: Anyway, so um, <laughs> there was a woman by the name of Carol Sund, her daughter Julie Sund, was 15 and then they uh julie's son's friend from argentina uh sylvina peloso who
1: was 16 have you ever noticed that when people get murdered while traveling they've always got someone else with them too
0: that shouldn't be there
1: like that's just like like it's it's always like a family affair traveling and then a random guest yeah yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: So basically, just don't go on so trips with people. So when you travel,
1: just like, yeah, just like, don't bring anybody.
0: <laughs> anybody outside of the immediate family should not should be there. Should not be
1: there. <laughs> Apparently, that's how... Way more likely to get married.
0: I don't know. I don't know. It's... Uh, yeah.
1: I don't know. It's that's just what, a trope, I've noticed. But it's not a trope, because it's like real life.
0: Real like, life, but also like, medi- like movies, too. They yeah. use that a lot. So I guess it's a trope in movies, but... It does... It's probably just based on...
1: The, the fact wife. that it happens. Yeah. You're like, hey, there's an... So, I guess when you just... When you have an extra... Mm-hmm. Serial killers will be like... There's an extra there. I don't know. I'm gonna get it.
0: And we'll... For his case in particular... Probably. That was probably the reason. Yeah.
1: That's so well. Anyway.
0: Yeah. Um, so, Carol, Julie, and Sylvina were visiting the Yosemite Park during their trip. Uh, the next they were going to the Grand Canyon next, but they just wanted to spend some time around that area, the Yosemite Park area, before they left. So, Carrie, as the creepy that he was, um, was observing them from the outside, their room. They, they, he saw them on the premises, saw them, I guess, when they checked in, had them in his sights, and was just like, yeah, they piqued my interest. I'm gonna, I'm gonna watch what they do. Um, so he noticed that on this particular night, he noticed that the two girls were watching television in the room, and um, Carol was reading a a book on the other side of the room.
1: So is he like watching through the window. He's
0: watching through the window. Yeah. Fucking okay. Which like close your if, blinds. Exactly. People. If you're ever staying in a motel, hotel, Holiday, Holiday Inn. Inn. Close your blinds, for the love of Pete, <laughs> and also Joanna. Please, especially
1: if you're on like a first floor or right. a second floor where your windows are on a walkway.
0: Any, like floor.
1: if they can see, if you're at like the top of like a fucking twelve story, yeah. whatever, fuck off. If like if that's your bid, that's your bid. And you might get watched, but you're not. No one's coming in them windows.
0: Not through the windows, no. Yeah, yeah.
1: But like this way, I don't know. It was the 80s, 90s? No, it was the 90s. 90s you should 90s, know better.
0: 99.
1: Yeah, you should know better. It's almost... Almost in... Nine nines, 2000s. Yeah, you know? Taking over.
0: Yeah. So, he was staring at them through the window, and then he noticed that the neighboring, the room surrounding them were empty, so he was just like, alright, I'm going to... Like, nobody's going to be around to hear them. Like, if I go into this right now, I don't have to worry about the neighbors coming out because there's nobody there. Um, So, he rang the doorbell. He told... The, uh he told carol kiss carol is the one that answered he told carol that i work here um i was asked by the front desk to check a water leak in the bathroom and you know carol was like okay well that sounds plausible i don't know
1: seems legit come yeah.
0: on in he had his uniform on like who am i to question
1: me because like why did you check me into a room with a water leak if you knew it had a water because i didn't call about a water leak
0: and maybe maybe it was something where like, I don't I don't know. I'm trying to put myself in the situation. You smart so, people. Well, yeah. If well now I don't know about 99, but now I would definitely be like, no, I'll call the front desk.
1: Yeah, like they didn't call me. They didn't say nothing. Yeah. Then they, I need to move a room. I'm right. an upgrade.
0: Right, right, exactly. Well, that yeah, definitely yeah. move.
1: <laughs> I'd
0: probably call the front desk first just to confirm, and then if they said no. Door closed. Homeboy is not inside.
1: Yeah, people can hate technology for all they want, but cell phones are a fantastic mm-hmm. fucking thing mm-hmm. for this.
0: No, I wouldn't even let him inside
1: Yeah, no. before anyway. confirming
0: with the front desk. But anyway, um, <laughs> so he came in. She let him in. He came in, and as soon as the door closed, he pulled out a twenty-two caliber gun and forced everybody to...
1: Probably the same one he shot his uncle with.
0: My hands are up.
1: I'm a speculator.
0: Um, boop, boop.
1: Specs have been made.
0: So um, he told everybody, you know, to, to get down on the ground and be quiet, don't make a sound. He then bound and gagged all three of them with duct tape and then forced the two girls into the bathroom um, while he strangled Carol on the bed with a rope that he brought and then I shot her.
1: I feel like you've done this before.
0: It's weird. It's. He's with such confidence that he just kind of
1: just I don't know. Yeah, it feels too clean to be a first.
0: And just the adrenaline of taking on three people. We're I mean, like two of them are children, but still, they're still they're not five. You know, they could still fight back.
1: You're not like military trait You know what I mean? Right. You have no prior. I mean, except unless you've been murdering people. Right. You have no prior experience there. Right. You're, you're an artsy kid.
0: Yeah, they don't really teach you that in art school. No. How to bound and gag.
1: No. I went I, there. Well, they didn't
0: teach me any of that.
1: You might have just been in the wrong social circles.
0: Uh, maybe, or I just didn't take that course. But, I didn't elect for that course. I feel like there <laughs> are definitely some classes. I'm, I must have
1: registered too late. They just, I just don't think they're held in school.
0: You know, there was an elective... For me to take during our, like, winter term.
1: Called Shabari?
0: No, it was, a uh, outdoor wilderness or something like that. That might have been taught there, but it was all booked up before I could take it, so. We'll never know.
1: No, I think you had to talk to a guy in a leather mask about this, this class.
0: That class? Yeah. If I were to take the class? Yeah,
1: to find that class.
0: No, it was, it was on the, it was on the list of things you could take. It was online.
1: Well, I don't think they were teaching you how to bound and gag in that one.
0: We'll never know. I never took it.
1: We'll never know.
0: <laughs> I never saw the people that did ever again. Um. You
1: know, there you
0: go. <laughs> yeah, so he placed Carol's body in the trunk of Carol's rental car. Damn. And then he went back into the bathroom. Um, there are reports of he either assaulted both girls... And then killed them, or he only assaulted Julie. I, I, you know, was getting conflicting reports of what happened because it was coming from it was coming from Sander, and, and I mean probably the forensics when they did the autopsy and everything. But like it was just it's conflicting. Like some either people would way, say, either way. way, yeah. So he then um, he strangled so Sil- in the bathtub and then shot her like he did with Carol. Then he placed Sylvina's uh, body into the trunk with Carol, but he didn't kill Julie right away. So he, he took Julie, forced her to do, he abused her basically, and then he took her in the rental car that his her mom rented. So it had her mom and her friend in the trunk of the car. He took her out, to uh, Lake Don Pedro and there he went on to assault her again and then slit her throat. He then dumped her body and um, in, into a blanket and wrapped her up with duct tape and then put her under a poison oak bush. And then um, he abandoned the car, the rental car, um, along Highway 108 and then he torched it. He set it on fire. But the weird thing is that he did this so he doesn't have a car anymore. So now he's walking. Um, he made his way back to um, a market that was close by. So he got he called a cab, and then the cab dropped him off at Yosemite Lodge. Like he wanted to be dropped off at Yosemite Lodge. Okay. And what? If everybody remembers from last week, so many lodges where, um, Stephen, Stephen's
1: kidnapper worked. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I didn't even remember that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, I wonder how many serial killers have worked there. I don't know. And abductors. I don't know. Probably a lot.
0: But from there, he had to find his way back to the Cedar Lodge.
1: Bet your and... your
0: employees.
1: Huh? I said, bet your employees.
0: Mm-hmm. He went back to the lodge to clean, to, like clean up his mess. There was a man named Jim Powers who was a carpenter that came across the torch car um, between two tree stumps in March of 1999. So this was a when's Valentine's Day? The 14th?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this was like a little bit more than a, a month later that somebody found the car. Um, <clears throat> so then Jim Powers called the police. The police came out. Um, they, they identified, um, Carol and Selvina, but then we're trying to find Julie because nobody's, you know, seen her or heard from her or whatever. Um, but then at, on March 24th, there was a anonymous letter that was sent to them, to the police in Modesto. It's a map that explained where Julie's body would, could be found. On the note, there was a, a note on the note it said we had fun with this one and it was like a map to find where she was
1: that's disgusting Mhm. yeah he's definitely done this
0: that's what i would assume just and taking... it feels
1: like maybe he got away with it for too long so that he
0: started taunting people like that uh... he
1: wanted to get caught mm-hmm. or at least wanted the notoriety
0: like similar like to like the zodiac killer and a
1: lot of them yeah that, uh, that they say that's why a lot of them get caught because they start wanting the notoriety like, you get away with so many murders that yeah. you're like I want people to start knowing it was me because I want to be a symbol or an icon or whatever fucking weird ego fucking trip these dudes go on
0: right
1: but yeah it feels like it feels like that might not have been and I mean it's because, Yosemite so like I wonder how many fucking people just go missing in go these missing. parks a year right,
0: right. And, like, even the, co- the, the police and, like, the FBI were saying that he produced, for his first kill, his entrance entrance to serial killing, as if, it, if it's his career, but um, his, his, being his first kill, he um, produced an almost expert execution of the three victims.
1: Yeah, and I feel like, like, your resources back then aren't as, like, with the internet today, mm-hmm. that can make sense. Because as gross as it is. I mean, you can find anything on the fucking internet. Right. You know? So, the research and the study. But, I mean, back then... Well... 99. Internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe, I guess. But that's still... But I, don't, I don't find it believable.
0: Mm-mm. And I don't feel like information still traveled that quickly
1: as far as it does now. And at what? F- almost 40 years old at this point? you? Late 30s?
0: Yeah, because in 90, ninety he would have been twenty eight, so ninety nine
1: mid mid to late thirties. Mm-hmm. Like now, you just start serial kill. Nah, yeah, I don't know. That, this definitely doesn't feel like his first.
0: No, that's what I'm at saying. All. Taking three people on at the same time is a very daunting and just
1: smoothly knock one two,
0: but knowing exactly like I need to take out the mom able first, able to so move that,
1: location, right go back the the awareness to go back and clean. Mhm. The awareness to check your surroundings completely. Mm-hmm. Just the aware like
0: Yeah, and I don't know if true crime was like as popular
1: Probably it started having traction.
0: Right. As it is now, but like you know, killing killer documentaries probably weren't really a thing. So it's not like he had learned this via media.
1: Yeah, just too smooth with it.
0: But, um, so after they had found Julie, the detectives went back to the Cedar Lounge to um, start interviewing people and start questioning people. At one point they came to Carrie. They questioned him, but they didn't really couldn't pin anything on him because, one, they said that he just didn't seem the type. He was apparently a very smooth talker. He didn't give off any vibes of like, oh, yeah, this dude is totally off. He just seemed like a normal dude.
1: So one interjection, second time in a decade that he's been questioned about a murder.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Y'all are just so bad at the job. I don't I, like I'm, your job is to be solving murders and stuff like and y'all just just so bad at it. So fucking well, bad at it.
0: From from one of the accounts from the detectives, he was saying that, like, because he didn't his alarm bells didn't set off when talking to Carrie. He, you know, didn't really. No, I just
1: mean like, why isn't there like just a that sh- at this I don't point know, but, like shared database but like?
0: He was the handyman. I should he be able to Google had a
1: last name.
0: All you know, a set of keys for all the rooms or access to the keys for all the rooms. I feel like I'm definitely going to start with this dude and just like. What. You have an alibi, do you? <laughs>
1: like, the fact that his uncle was shot, murdered, you know, uh, a but
0: that, that, suspect
1: never found. He was the roommate at the time.
0: But that at that point, I don't think they knew that.
1: No, like, and that's what like, I'm, yeah. that's why I'm saying. Like, just the whole thing is about y'all. Just so bad. Like, why? Why? I don't know. The technology existed for this to be. In databases and shit, but y'all are just so behind the times all well, the
0: time. And that's the thing, because like, they checked, I guess, his criminal history, and like, they checked into it, yeah, because he, he had never been committed for a crime.
1: But there should just be a warning flag that, hey, like, this guy was this, once questioned
0: or you, about
1: the, un, the still unsolved right, murder of right, his uncle right. that he was the roommate of. Right. Just like, you know, maybe like just a tick mark, right. or just a hash. You know, like something, an addendum, if you will, just something should be there. All
0: right. So it was between... Sorry. No, you're fine. It was between him not having a criminal history and then also that he was able to stay calm during the police interview. So, again, <laughs> it didn't alarm anybody. He was able to keep calm. He was able to answer their questions. He was just like, yeah, I don't I, I don't said, know what I've, happened.
1: I've been here before. Right. I've, I'm,
0: I've worked on this
1: before. I knew what questions y'all were gonna ask.
0: So then, you know, time goes on. Uh, that was, what, March of 99? So then in uh, July... July 21st of 99, Carrie it came across another woman um, who was a Yosemite Park naturalist. Her name was Joey Armstrong, who had moved into a, cab- a cabin within the grounds um, of the park a few month- months earlier. At on that day, Armstrong was packing for a trip to that she and her friends were going on. Um, at her, so she was at her cabin. She was packing for a trip, um, but she never showed up. And so her friends, you know, noticed that she never showed up, called the police, because they were like, she should be here, you know? she's doesn't seem like the type of person to just not, you know, to cancel plans without saying anything. When Armstrong's... Oh, so when Armstrong's friends went to the cabin, they found her her cabin of like in, in a state of disarray. Like, things were thrown all over the place. There was definitely a sign of a struggle. And then they started searching for her because they' were like what what the heck happened to her like where is she she obviously something happened because we see that her her um, cabin is all crazy um, what happened to Joey Carrie came up to her and and um, she was like, I don't know who you are. Who are you? And he In her cabin? No, she was, like, packing. Mm. And he noticed that she was by herself. Like, he was watching her and saw that, okay, she's, you know, packing for something. She keeps going in and out of the cabin to her car, notices that nobody else is coming out, so she has to be by herself. So he comes up to her, and um, while she's turned around, um, he pulls a gun out on her. And so then she turns around, and she's like, what's going on? And he's like, if... you." If you try to run, I'll basically I'll kill you. So you need to get into the car. So he he puts her into his car, bounds her, gags her. Um, He then starts driving off. And at one point, she's able to, like, get out from I guess she was unable to unbind herself and get out of the car. Well, then he has to stop and he chases her down and then kills her. He slits her throat. And then he goes back. Well, we'll talk about that in a second because I want to jump back to the investigators. The investigators then find Armstrong's body near a stream in the woods a half a mile away from the cabin. So she didn't even, they didn't even really get that far. He just started driving away and she was able to, like, unbind herself and, and start running um, that next day. Um, There was a tip that was called to the park rangers that they had spotted a car near Armstrong's cabin, and the car that was described uh, was Stainer's car. They found Carrie's car. The FBI. Mm -hmm. They started looking for him. They found his deserted car, um, and they found in the car uh, rope and duct tape that was used for the crime. And they also found some other stuff in there, but... Um, so, like,
1: the stuff she... Like, like they found extra rope, or they just found, like, the, like the shit that she had on that she got off?
0: The rope that, that she probably had on, okay. and maybe some extra rope that was already in there. Yeah, but I then see. he had kept stuff from his victims that he also had and in of the course car. She did. Yeah, and so they found that as well. Gary gets arrested for smoking marijuana and... But they let him, like, released him. Um,
1: Wait, didn't he already once get arrested for marijuana and meth? Uh-huh. Okay.
0: But then he...
1: So this time, not meth.
0: Right. So he gets arrested by the Mariposa Police Department. Okay. So the FBI already found his, his, his shit. But then he got arrested by the Mariposa Police Department for smoking weed.
1: Oh, at the right. same time? Mm-hmm. Like, like, FBI was about to launch a manhunt. He they, up I
0: in think jail. they probably just found the car, <laughs> yeah, and then he...
1: And he popped up in jail. Yeah, but, very convenient for the FBI.
0: But but not really because um, due to a clerical error, he was released over the, during that night.
1: Oh, for the weed stuff. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So they they took him in in Mariposa, and then I don't know somebody lost paperwork or something, and then As he was does happen. Yeah, and so then he was again bad at the job. And then he... Good for him. You know, lucky for him. But, yeah. like, yeah. So then he was let out. Upon the release, he went back to the lodge and started selling his shit. He was just like, I gotta get out of here. He knew exactly what was coming. He was like, I've already gotten caught by the cops. I need to get out of here. So he started selling his shit. He packed, up his, uh, uh, he packed up and then he left for a nudist colony in <laughs> Laguna <laughs> del Sol.
1: Like, I'm selling... All my mm-hmm,
0: shit.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't even. I don't even want the clothes.
0: Right. Yeah. He said, "I know exactly what's about to happen. I need to flee." I know
1: where I'm going.
0: So, um, at that point, you know, I guess uh, uh, the FBI they started doing whatever they needed to do to get uh, the information to the media, so that everybody starts can become aware of this dude that is on the loose, who has murdered four people horrifically assaulted them and mor- murdered four people at least at least yeah within the, the last like couple of months one day carrie was sitting at a bar at the nudist community and he started talking with a woman called uh, named janet demont who had seen the the alert for carrie okay so she was aware of You know, there's this person is out here, and then recognized him. Yeah, so then she called the FBI and let them know about uh, Carrie where he was, and so the FBI came, and the manager came out to them and was just like, "Yeah, he's sitting at the corner booth, and you'll be able to recognize him because he's the only one wearing clothes." (laughs) So
1: I'm just very confused, like, bro.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I just like
1: to watch.
0: What? Yeah.
1: Fucking. Because, it, but that goes like, back if you first, like, I feel like you set off so many alarms at a nudist community. Yeah. That's the only one the clothes on. Yeah. Like you know, like I feel like you're just like, mm, you probably make everyone feel uncomfortable.
0: And then it it's a interesting place to go, as if like that's your place that you're going to run away. But then you're not even going to try to blend in.
1: Exactly. Like, I was like, oh, okay. Like, he's going to be like, oh, I'm part of the community. Like, I'm going to try to be in this community. Yeah. Sell myself in it. And he's like, nah, I'm just going to watch from the corner.
0: Yeah. Which, like, from his previous happenings as a kid. Like, it like
1: makes sense, because you're a fucking creep. But, like, you like to expose yourself. Expose
0: himself, yeah. And it's interesting that he, he was just like, no, I'm going to just alert everybody, make everybody my feel... Sit orange juice or yeah. something
1: in the corner. And
0: maybe that was his thing of being like, I'm going to make people feel uncomfortable one way or another.
1: You're going to be naked or be not naked. Essence. Yeah. It's just weird.
0: So, um, Detective Jeff Reineck and John Boyles were the FBI agents that, that brought him in. Um, and so then they arrested him and then, um, Marina and Boyle start talking to him in the car ride talking about his past and that's when they found out that he was Steven's brother. Okay. So they had they heard about Steven's case had right. no idea and that then was just he like He was. Yeah, and they were just like, "Hmm, that last name sounds familiar." Like, "Are you his brother?" And he was like, "Yeah." So then they start talking about um steven and that's how the detectives were able to try to get him to open up and start talking so that they can get more information out of him so they could possibly get a confession out of him okay and so um they were able to create accomplish a a report with carrie to where he felt a little bit more comfortable but then he you know caught on and was just like yeah you know i'll tell you all the information that you need to know about what happened to joey but you have to give me something in return and so i mean they were like okay well what do you want and he was like oh you know just just your average amount of child images man's asked for yeah child pornography in exchange for information about the woman that he murdered so we're going back to just carry just being questionable
1: fuck being questionable bro (laughs) this dude is exterminatable (laughs) i don't that's not a word but you know what i mean like
0: yeah so obviously the the fbi agents were like uh fuck no uh we're just gonna keep talking to you (laughs) (laughs) they were like we're just gonna keep talking to you and maybe you'll forget about that so um yeah they just kept asking him questions and you know pretty much bouncing around his request, but eventually was able to get a um, confession out of him because they coerced him in a way to make him basically just acknowledge his remorse for the victims and make him see it through their eyes and be in their shoes of like, well, yeah, you see it this way, but what about your victims? How do you think your victims felt when the last face they saw was uh, yours?
1: so getting him to admit he had victims. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Smooth. Mm-hmm. Just, he just gave it up like yeah. a French whore.
0: <laughs> but during that conversation, he also um, claimed that he, from a young age, since he he was seven, he had fantasized about murdering women. So, like, had active mm, fantasies about just horrible. Thing. And then he was also drawing naked women and so this goes back deep into what the hell happened to this kid. It's also it's also an interesting thing because people talk about whether or not you're either born like that or it's an environmental thing. Which I think it's both. Cause maybe you're born with that pre deposition of being that way, but you might never get to that until something in, like, something ha- happens or you're born that way and then if you your childhood is horrible or whatever and it's just stuff that gets piled on that you reach a breaking point. Maybe that's it. I don't know. As I said before, was diagnosed with having um, obsessive-compulsive disorder but he would try to manage it by smoking weed. So all the times that he was smoking weed, it was just trying to curb his Obsessions, which I wonder if those times that they had caught him, if he was in the process of or thinking about that he, you know, committing something or was trying to stop himself from committing another murder.
1: Man, this is wild. No, yeah. that's all I know. Mm-hmm. I don't. We prevent murder. <laughs>
0: But then there's another interesting piece to the story because during the time that Carrie was um, working at the lodge, he or at the motel. Um, so at this time he was dating um, a mother of two that lived um, that worked at the, the lodge that he worked at. So this is from the account of the oldest daughter, okay. Um, and she just remembers Carrie being like, they loved Carrie. You know, he was pretty much like their stepdad, and that he would come over, and they
1: such a green guy.
0: Yeah, you know, he they'd never had any weird thing like nothing weird ever happened when he was there. He was loving. He would you know help them with swimming, and you know would help, I guess, around the house and taking care of them and everything, and they, they loved him. They thought he was awesome. Um, her, their mom was always so happy. She couldn't say anything bad about him. He was like a great partner, I guess, In during that time. As the story came out about Carrie, um, Lena and her family found out that Carrie was actually trying to kill them on three separate, separate occasions. So he and she she remembers certain aspects only as as the store was coming out and everything. And she was remembering certain things that he would do that would start to click in her mind like, oh, how close we were to being his victims. Because in the car, they found a um, a green backpack that had um, had duct tape, rope and a gun in it. And she would, she even, you know, a quote from her is saying that she always remembers him having that backpack. And at any time, he had that backpack on while he was around them. And the FBI um, found out from his confession about them is that had it not been for Carol, Julie, and Sylvina, that he would have killed his girlfriend and her two daughters, he wanted to kill them. He would—they would have been his next victims instead of Carol. But because Carol came into the the hotel that night, and he saw them, he decided to kill them instead.
1: So I wonder if the Julie fit looked like one of the daughters or something. I
0: don't know, and I don't know what it was that made him.
1: Because I mean, it's the same setup. Yeah, two it's daughters.
0: exactly, exactly. So I don't, and I don't know if. I don't know. I don't. I really don't know because at the time, um, Jenna, Lena Lena was ten, and her sister. I didn't say how old her sister was, but they were younger. Okay. And so then Julie and Sylvina were fifteen and sixteen. So I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with it, but right. they were a little bit older. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. It's super gross. So. He was arrested on july 24th in 1999 at okay. the, the nudist camp yeah so he was definitely arrested then he, they went through all the questions he was indicted on august 5th of 1999 for joey's murder and he pleaded not guilty and then he pled guilty on uh, november 30th of 2002 and he received life in prison but before then on may 22nd of 2002 he pleaded not guilty of insanity for the sons and um Sylvina's murder, but he got sent sentenced to death um, on December twelfth of two thousand two. So he got life in prison for Joey's murder, Joey Armstrong.
1: Okay, which he pleaded not guilty. He
0: pleaded not guilty for, and then he also pleaded not guilty for the sons. But they, you know, they said, "Bro, (laughs) come on now." (coughs) And so he got sentenced to death. So as of right now, he's still on death row and he's still alive
1: so you can write can't you like write letters i think to you me? can so if like you want to write letters and like talk shit, i encourage all that is that is that against the law i don't think I that's don't against think the law. So. i don't have a lawyer in a moment but like but yeah. i still think you should do it
0: but um i guess according to california's laws what you mean no? as far as like how long, like, before they can... How
1: long you gotta be on death row? Right?
0: Uh-huh. Before you get marauded. So you gotta pay
1: for your ass for... I mean, I personally don't, but I'm sure there's some federal tax that goes into it. But I gotta pay for your ass for 15 years.
0: I believe it's 15 years. It's
1: ridiculous. I don't know.
0: I, but because... always a scumbag. And that's why it takes so long is because of all the um, appeals. It? Because of all the appeals. You have, you know, that appeal period takes a long time. So they... And, I mean, it's also a good thing because if somebody's innocent, then...
1: Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, we gotta get a better (laughs) judicial system system.
0: of trying to make sure people aren't innocent innocent before they get sentenced to death. Yes, I agree. But, you know, this is where we are now. You
1: know, it is how it is.
0: Yeah. So I'm, but, like, with all that information, I really feel like he... I mean, this is going on record saying that I don't know and I'm not making accusations necessarily. I'm just going with the facts of the cases. And it... And just what I know about progression, as far as this goes, but I, I, it doesn't feel like it was his first kill. Those three women, well, Carol and the two girls. It does not feel like that. I feel like is a that's a huge task to take on, not knowing.
1: Yeah, and especially because you were planning to kill your girlfriend and right, you know what I mean.
0: That's a huge. You already
1: you already had a murder bag. Right. You had already been carrying a murder bag all around all the time
0: and you went for for them which is even more of a task because they're older. Did it
1: say when he started dating her?
0: Um I don't think I have a date of when they started dating. Cuz the
1: first kill was in 99. No, I don't
0: think I have a date of when they started. Cuz yeah, it just says that her mom was working at the lodge in 98.
1: Okay. So, so it was like probably maybe around before. Yeah. And, bro, you already had a murder back.
0: Yeah. It's super creepy. And that's what I'm saying, like, about his uncle. I'm just like, I don't know.
1: Oh, yeah, he definitely murdered his uncle.
0: And the thing about I know. it... The thing about it is that he didn't get caught for the sons and right. um, Sylvina. He didn't get caught for that. He, was, he went back to the hotel, and he was able to clean up his mess... And, How like, clean up the evidence, rather. And, um, yeah, because the cop, I mean, the FBI could I not mean, He had a ev-
1: month's time. Yeah. The car wasn't reported for what? A
0: for month, a month, yeah, yeah. But still, he didn't leave any evidence, any trace of him. And there were also reports that he um, hired somebody to send that note to the FBI. So they wouldn't think that it was him. They wouldn't get, like, uh, DNA off of the envelope.
1: Yeah, that's well.
0: I think it said something about him paying somebody to lick the envelope so that his DNA wouldn't be on there. So like bro, you have thought this shit out. <laughs> I don't think that was your first kill.
1: Mm mm. Uh uh.
0: And enough to yeah, to have a murder bag. Not and everything. from
1: what I know about serial killers.
0: Right. And then your your uncle's mysteriously dead.
1: I mean you were his fucking roommate.
0: Right. And so I feel like his uncle might have known... He might have done something before.
1: Maybe him and his uncle did. I don't know. He's obviously been fascinated by children for a very long time.
0: He also claimed that there were, like, two other women that he was trying to lure to to kill in 1998, but they were able to to flee before... They were able to get away from him before anything happened, so i'm i really just because nothing has been reported and he hasn't said anything i mean he, he's said things oh yeah i tried to kill this person i tried to kill but because like, it's
1: still it never felt like he submitted right. so like i'm i'm gonna die in jail and right. so like he was appealing he's trying to get off yada 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 plea of insanity like he knew if if the bodies keep stacking up there's no way i'm getting the fuck out mm-hmm. i mean look dude, we didn't figure out who the golden State. state killer was mm-hmm. with 95 bodies or 200 I think is what he said yeah like what we had him tagged at comparative to the number he claimed was way different and he only did that on his deathbed or mm-hmm. <laughs> had been in jail but only did it on his deathbed
0: but like I I really don't feel like those those four Ladies were, yeah, he'd be what in
1: his fifties, sixties.
0: Sixties, yeah, he'd be like sixty. Yeah, he's still
1: hoping to try to get out.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But he should not be let out.
1: Mm, that's gross.
0: Especially if it's that type of explosive type thing, where like, if that was like, you know, his first, like, bro, you were dangerous. You
1: cannot tell me he did not murder. Have something to do with the murder of his uncle.
0: I feel like it just it makes sense.
1: Too much. And then you're just going to randomly accuse him of touching you when you were younger. I mean, not saying randomly as in, like, you didn't do it or nothing, but, like, brought that up for no context, because it wasn't about killing your uncle or nothing. Like, that's why I did it or anything like that. It was just kind of...
0: Because I feel like they probably, you know, they think they found out about Steve and they were like, oh, but then your uncle also was murdered. That's really weird. What happened there? Well, I don't know.
1: But he did touch me.
0: But it's also, nobody really looked into it, because it's still, the case is still unsolved. Like, nobody... Well, I
1: mean, like, what evidence is there? Yeah, How much do they actually care? Like, I mean, it was the 70s.
0: People were shooting everybody in we 70s. We didn't even have
1: computers. Computers were rooms.
0: We only had guns.
1: Only guns. No, <laughs> no thought guns.
0: Gotta write your name down, write it on this... Write <laughs> it on this Blicky.
1: <laughs> Here's my notepad, so This is a blick.
0: <laughs> I'll call your name. Go sit over there. I'll call your name. Pop!
1: that's the sound of my gun I gotta <laughs> grab my radio sir. So that's a Nina like that is yeah, that is a gun so yeah this is how I send radio signals fuck up fuck up fuck up yeah
0: so that's that's the story of Carrie
1: this fucking wild gee. Stainer
0: and the two Stainer kids
1: like RIP my boy Steve yeah he was a real one your brother sack shit yeah but like damn. Family's got some notoriety. They probably I mean he's probably this guy's probably got to have a fucking a lifetime documentary movie about him or something. Oh shit. yeah,
0: there's lots of documentaries about it and everything. So um and I feel bad for the the parents cuz when he got caught they they sold their house. They're like we can't do this shit. They just bounced the, yeah, bounce the fuck out. They just
1: bounced the fuck out. Yeah. Stephen had already passed. Mhm. Stephen passed in 84. Is that what we said? No. 85,
0: 86, no. 87, 88, 90. 91, 92. 90. <laughs> no, he was
1: 24. So, so he was
0: 14 in 1980. F- oh, so quick 90, laughs. 90. Oh, no, I'm sorry.
1: 89. 89. 89.
0: Yo. 89, because then in 1990, his uncle passed.
1: Yeah. Not, uncle did not year. pass.
0: Was murdered. was murdered. Yeah, was murdered.
1: Um, Yo. That's, that's a lot of coincidences. A lot of coincidence there.
0: The whole thing is crazy and just how methodical he was throughout the whole thing. <laughs> Except for Joey. Had Joey not <coughs> have left and like, broke like out. Like, got out. hmm Who knows how long he could have gone because that's how he got caught. That's the only reason. I feel like At that point, had he been successful with her... Yeah, I feel
1: like some connections would have been drawn for missing persons anyway. Because, like, he left her car, he got messy. Yeah. But that's also a thing, isn't it? Like, they get...
0: Messy. Yeah. But, I mean, like, I I feel like he probably wasn't done. Because he probably would have come back for the car or something like that.
1: Probably but but her getting out. Her getting out threw just threw a de- whole derailed the car. Somebody it, yeah. obviously seen the car. Right,
0: right. Because they had to
1: report it in the area, so you probably seen somebody was around.
0: Right. And she knew that she was by herself and everything. Sucked the
1: whole thing up.
0: Yeah. But good on Joey for trying to, like, get out. I mean.
1: Yeah. At least forced a hand. Though. Right. That's so insane.
0: Yeah. That's the story about Carrie Stainer and Steven Stainer. Stainer kids. Stainer boys. Stainer boys. One was a hero and the other one is still alive so he is a monster.
1: It is a scumbag. Mm-hmm. Scumbag.
0: Mhm. All right, so that is the story about the Stainer boys. Um did you have any closing remarks?
1: Sheesh.
0: Exactly. That is my That's what I think as well. The story was crazy.
1: It was a, it was a wild ride. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So I had to break it up into two parts because two parts like it would have been like a four hour episode. Literally,
0: yeah, it's a first crazy... big
1: long one. hmm. First, first two parter and first hour plus episode. Well, no, not first hour plus episode. No, it's like the but first almost heard. two hour episodes. Mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Anyway.
0: So, thank you guys for joining us in this tale. If you guys have any suggestions, any cases that you want us to talk about or look into, you can let us know on um, Instagram at the spook Easy pod. Um, you can just slide in them DMs.
1: <laughs>
0: so thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you next time. Bye!
1: Bye!